Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Can you hear me? New spot, new location. Also, um, I haven't got Wi-Fi yet. So, we're on, you know, the other thing. Data. Remember they started giving us all free data again in, um, uh, when COVID happened? That was nice. That was cool. Um, I think it's the right time. Yeah, it's the right time. Ah, good morning. Thank you for telling me that it sounds good, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, wait for y'all to get here. So, uh, y'all, it's been hell of a move, guys. Hell of a move. Um, so my friends, actually people I met through Revolution and shows and stuff, um, lived in this apartment here right next door to my kid's school. And they decided to move out because I got a house. And so about a month ago, a little less actually than a month ago, they called me and said, do you want to would you be interested in our apartment? You still want to get uh, closer to your kids? And I said, yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, so here you only have to give like 25 days or like, it's not even 30 days. It's like something like 28 days or something weird in, in Washington uh, that you're moving. So they gave their notice and then let the landlord know that they had a friend in waiting and um, I gave my notice, and so the talk, click, clock, tick, 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 tock, started going and moving forward, and um, I was like, ah, oh, it'll be fine, I'll get to it, you know, and as soon as I was ready to move, um, get started and get stuff together, I got the flu, um, and that was like, it was, I didn't have the kids. And so that was the hard thing is because I was planning on getting everything done. I had five days where I was like, oh, I'm kid free. I'll get everything done. And I got this horrible flu, which I don't know how, because I didn't get it from, the kids didn't have it. Usually it comes from the kids' school. Kids didn't have the flu. Nobody had the flu. So I had this horrible flu. I'm taking vitamins, you know, taking the nose spray that's supposed to lessen the cold, the Z-Tac or whatever it's called. And, um doing everything, taking one load a day in my car, still dropping it off because they were moving out. And as they were moving out, they gave me a little spot to drop stuff off. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, but the sickness really put me behind. But I made it. It took me about four or five days and, and three vans. I had to rent, well, I rented a truck and then I had to rent two more vans um, just because of timing and everything. So that was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'm exhausted. I am exhausted. My, I don't know if this, this will, let's see, because you might be able to see some of the boxes if I re reverse the camera here. Let's see if it works. Oh, oh, I did it for a second. 
let's see if we can do it again. Yeah, so you can see there's like a drawer and some toys and some Christmas trees and oh, vanity light and a picture by my friend uh, Barry uh, Taylor, who you might know as UK bloke. Uh, and all the boxes and stuff are like, but I finally got built-in bookshelves and a picture my son drew of Godzilla. So, yeah, cool, huh? Oh, here I am again. Um, so yeah, here we are, the dream we all dream of. So I made it, I'm near the kiddos, and um, I can walk them to school every morning, which I've got to do twice now and pick them up from school, walk, we walk, and um, it's awesome. It's a little bit more expensive, uh, which is kind of scary, but I'm also not spending so much money on gas because I think I was spending about $300 a month on gas uh, coming back and forth because the kids had all sorts of lessons and you know things they did and picking them up from school was just like killing me and my time so you know i think we got close to to even it out so i'm going to try to avoid any conversation any, any conver uh conver <laughs> conversational any uh why can't i think of the word <laughs> controversial any controversial topics for the next couple months until i i'm sure I'm in. <laughs> I'm cozy. It's so funny. Every time the, the landlord, because I'm such a pessimist, every time the landlord called me, I was like, oh, this is going to be him telling me I, I don't have it. you know. And it was just him like, oh, you know, remember this. Oh, remember that. So anyway, here I am, and I wanted to give you that update. Um, so there you go. Today's talk. Boom. I couldn't find my uh, normal Bible or study book because literally everything's in boxes. And you know, at the end of a movie where you're just like, oh, who cares? We'll just, you know, uh, uh, this box will just be a potpourri of things, you know? And um, I'll tell you what, taking apart an Ikea bunk bed, I had to, we had to get a new one. Their mom, as a housewarming gift, bought me a new Ikea bunk bed for them um, because I was taking it apart. And I was like, there's just no way in hell this thing is ever going to go back together. Um, is, 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 is a, a form of torture. I think Ikea, building Ikea stuff by yourself and dismantling it over and over again might be a level of hell. I'm not sure. I know walking through Ikea and then having to pick stuff out at the end it will be a level of hell, but maybe the, the, the darker, the, the seventh or sixth level or the, the ninth level. There's a level of hell that's so cold. <laughs> That the devil is blue, and that's where Duke Blue Devils come from in Dante's Inferno, that there's a level, it's so, because it gets so hot, it reverses back into cold. So you learn things by watching Revolution, don't you? And look at that. It'll be a cold day in hell. Well, when you say that, it, it's literally, that's just a very deep, deep level of hell. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is... Um, well, I mean, a few things, um, but arguing well. I, I've had a few, a few chances to do that, and 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 one was was fairly fairly big. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, because we t I think that comes up in every talk. Like it's always at least just like a little, like we we mention it and and, and kind of sew it into 
to the work we're doing here at Revolution. Um, but, but it's something that I feel like I've got a chance to kind of practice uh, this past few weeks while, um, while moving. So why I thought it would be interesting to talk about this is because it was kind of like, for me, moving is a trigger because, you know, we grew up, I grew up when we left our house, my parents' house, they owned a few, like owned a couple houses, but our main house that I grew up in was, was owned by the church. It was the parsonage, you know? So we had to move when they lost everything and everything went bad. And, um, that's just always been a really dark memory of my life and, and moving. And we moved a lot during that time. It was like, my parents couldn't get settled. It was like, they were completely lost and, and, and moving stressful anyway. So it was, it was def, definitely kind of triggers me. Um, and doing it on your own sucks. Sorry to be, and, and this isn't about complaining or saying, feel sorry for me. It's just about the reality of life is that life can be really tough sometimes. You know, that's just the freaking reality of life. It's like, it like, oh, cry me a river, you know, or whatever. And it's like, no, sometimes life sucks and you just, you got to talk about it. You know, and sometimes some people are better at being like, oh, this, you know, God closed the door. But I mean, I closed the door. Somebody closed the door, but God opened up a window. You know, I'm like, you know, the door closed and God opened a window, but there was a brick wall someone built in front of that window. I get it. I'm not always the most positive person in the world. Um, I think that's why some of you like me. Um <laughs> And, you know, you have to deal with that. I was told that this week that I'm a bit negative, uh, that I don't always see the bright side. But as, as uh, I believe it was Cornell West said, I am a prisoner of hope and will stay there as a prisoner of hope. Um, so I'm learning to be okay with just Jay, you know, and I hope you guys are learning to be okay with what you're dealing with. But so that's where today's talk kind of comes out of is like these this, this chance to have these tough conversations uh, while being under stress and, and how, how I did and how are you doing and, and are we doing this well? Are we arguing well? Um, so all of these people I knew, so let me just preface, pre, preface, preface this by saying that when you're arguing with people, you know, and arguing well, I think it's even harder. I do. I think it's harder because there's all sorts of things there. There's memories and triggers and, and, and past things and there's feelings and there's love and, you know, there's all this shit you got to deal with. Um, you know, and I've talked a lot about boundaries as well and having boundaries, especially when I talk about like having boundaries with my father, you know, like me and my dad, like, um, haven't, didn't, you know, didn't talk for like what, four, almost four years now and, and having a boundary, but also with that boundary, having a door with that boundary and having windows, you know, um, and all that stuff. So like kind of leaving the door open, like, Hey, I can't reach out anymore because it's so disappointing and it's so hurting. It's hurts too much to be just denied and not, you know, so I'm going to just say, Hey, the door is open. And that sounds really good. And I've said it to you guys before on this. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've got Call, hey, the door's open, man. You know, I'm here. Ball's in your court. Sounds awesome, right? You know, um, until they decide to come and like be like, hey, I got the ball. 
let's play. <laughs> let's have a tough conversation. Then, then you go, oh shit, this is the stuff I've been talking about. And, um, and uh, <laughs> what's the story with the art? The story is I'm talking, I'm giving a talk right now. <laughs> it's from Belfast. <laughs> um, a lot, so I talk a lot about boundaries and, and leaving the door open. Um, and so one of the things is I'll say first is, is the first one happened a few weeks ago and I kind of mentioned it a bit in the talk. And it was like just a, an interaction, uh, social media interaction with a, an old friend of mine over politics. And I had posted something that I didn't really research very well. And they had really researched it. And we are not on completely different ends of the spectrum. It's just different places politically in some ways. So... It didn't go so well at first. Like I was really defensive and I was tired because I was just, you know, starting to move and transition in my life. And we argued about this stuff and I had the kids and uh, I said some things that were kind of ugly and they said some things that were kind of ugly. Um, ultimately, I took the post down saying, listen, you're right. I need to look into this deeper. And I did. And I didn't feel like much had changed. And we talked about that a little bit, my opinion about the ideal. And they still very passionate about it. And basically, we just had to leave it at that. So um, I don't want to say we had to agree to disagree. It was just we were both where we were. And that was it. And, and to me, and I think to them, the situation wasn't worth enough uh, to continue to argue about, or like it wasn't a big enough fish, like it wasn't going to change political history or the world or anything like this. It was just a disagreement that we were both passionate about that connected to bigger disagreements. Um, you know, but we just, <clears throat> just kind of left it there. And now we're back to kind of just being friendly acquaintances again. So, that was the first kind of trying to argue well. And I will say um, they, I feel like, got more of like, you know, a B plus, And I got more of like probably a C plus because I went quiet for a while. But sometimes you have to. So maybe, maybe let's just give it a D because um, self-care will take away the minus uh, for the self-care. Um, so it didn't go great. So anyhow, in the middle, getting ready, then the move. Boom. All right, kids are out of town. I get the flu. Oh, shit. What? I got the flu. You know, I can't barely get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. I'm so mad that I have the flu. Usually it's like, oh, you know, I get to sleep all day and watch funny movies and take, you know, vitamin C and, and drink Gatorade and eat saltines, you know. Um, but this was really frustrating because I was like, the kids aren't here and I need to pack boxes and I don't even feel like I want to stand up. Um, but I finally kind of got myself together and I used to get my iced coffees, uh, still do sometimes at McDonald's cause they're cheaper. So I went and was getting my large iced coffee through the drive-thru and I'm always embarrassed to answer my phone when I'm going through the drive-thru at McDonald's cause I don't want to be like talking to them. I'm like, yeah, and can I get a Mick, you know, Mick coffee, please? And the blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're at McDonald's. Oh, being healthy, you know, all that. 
you know, stupid stuff. So the phone rings. Now this has happened before and it's my dad. Now my dad had a period of time where he would call me and never, I would answer and he would never be there. So it was like a butt dial. Like I was constantly getting like these phantom phone calls from my father that I was like, oh, you know, it's not really him. And so the phone's ringing and I'm in the drive-thru and I'm looking and it says dad. And I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do? Is this a butt dial? Is this really him? You know, should I answer it? You know, and they're like, uh, you know, $2 for your coffee, please. And yeah, you know, and then I next go pick your coffee up and, I'm, and the phone just stops ringing. Now, remember, this is all in the I, kind of the idea of how do we to argue well. Um, but like I said, again, when it's family and it's personal, you know, this is something that's got every bit of history, every history, every hour, every minute, every day that I've lived it, built into it. So I um, get my coffee and I go and park and I'm like, something just felt like this, this was different. Like this probably wasn't just a call. And um, so I, I, I called back and my dad answered the phone. And he's like, hello, <laughs> and just started talking to me as though no time had passed. I'm not going to get into the details too much because it's personal um, stuff, but I'm going to what I feel like is worthy of like teaching here of like what's, you know, what is grace, what, what's, what's grace shining in these moments, what is joy shining in these moments. Um, you know, but this is a big deal because you guys have heard me talk about my estrangement with my dad. Like, you know, it's a bummer that some of you, a lot of you aren't here live today because I'm sure it would be interesting to hear some of your comments and questions. Um, but still podcast, whatever, watch it later. Tell your friends about it. Um, so, um, it's also weird. Like side note is Pat Robertson dying this this week and everybody being like ding dong the witch is dead and oh my god pat robertson's dead you know and i'm watching all this stuff going like you know this is probably going to be a lot what it likes when my father passes away is a lot of people saying a lot of shitty things and um you know and so in my mind i was like you know it's really weird that we like celebrate when these people we don't like die you know because they hurt us but we're not hurting them because they're dead we're just really hurting their loved ones who may have had complicated relationships with them by just, just reminding them of what a horrible person we thought they, their loved one was, um, by celebrating it publicly, like, you know, and, and everybody, well, they deserved it. Well, we all deserve something, but grace is not about getting what you deserve. And that's the sucky part about grace and Christianity, you know, and following Jesus is, you know, grace isn't necessarily about getting what you deserve and it's unfair and it's, um, you know, grace is anarchy. You know, it is what it is. But anyway, world goes on, life goes on. Not gonna change that. That was this Pat Robertson side note, but my dad and my mom got their start doing their children's show for Pat Robertson. And one of the funny things that always really stuck to me, like if you go, well, Jay, Pat said this and this, and don't you, you know, I have a reason to not like Pat as well. And when my parents left, the seven, my dad started the 700 Club. My dad actually named it. Pat just was the owner. And then Pat took over when it started getting a lot of viewers. 
But also my parents did this children's show. And my dad agreed to do the children's show if he could do a new a late night show called The 700 Club. And that's how The 700 Club started. It was kind of a Johnny Carson type show that my dad started, um, interestingly enough. But my kid, my dad's parents did this children's show. My sister was like a birth announcement was on the show. And it was like, you know, a howdy doody show. Um, Susie Moppet and Allie, and they had these puppets and, you know, Jesus loves me. Oh, why? I've been bad. It's okay. Jesus forgives you. You know, that kind of thing. And um, so when they left, one of the people, maybe Pat something, got really mad. And they had like a couple years of, of tapes of this children's show that they made. And... Somebody at the church just thought, screw Jim and Tammy and screw their history and went through with the magnet. This is when everything was on tape and just and erased it all, erased all their work, all their history, all the preparation, everything they did. They handmade the puppets, they handmade the sets, they wrote the scripts. Um, and so that footage and those times and all that stuff doesn't exist anymore. You might say, oh, Jay, that's not that big of a deal. But, you know, when it's your family's legacy and they did something really cool and interesting like that, it's kind of, you know, it kind of, it always makes me think of like the pettiness of, of uh, people and the pettiness that uh, even in Christianity, that when people get their feelings hurt, they do things that are really mean. And sometimes like you really need grace for that moment because it's undoable. You can't fix it. You can't demagnetize something you might be able to now i have no idea um how do magnets work am i right um that's a insane clown posse joke talk about avoidance so hey dad hey jamie how are you doing and um The iced coffee kicks in and I finally am just like, where in the hell have you been? You know, what? And that's not the words I use. They're words, much harsher words. Um, I was very angry uh, that I had not heard from my dad for, for uh, many, many years. And so... Um, and that my kids had not heard from my dad. I mean, we would get these random, like, weird, like a food bucket in the mail. Um, and I would text him asking him not to do that. But I texted him a lot. I even texted him some music and stuff. And I brought it up and he said he didn't get any of that stuff. And I don't know if he's old or if he was lying to me. I don't know. And even this is personal stuff. And like I said, I'm going to try not to get, you know, throw up on you too much personally. This isn't a therapy um, session. But honestly, I don't go to therapy right now. So maybe it is. Um, it was tough and it was an honest, hard conversation. And he kept deflecting to our disagreements on theology. Like, well, how is it you don't believe in hell? And how is it that you think this? And, you know, and I tried to talk to my dad about, you know, uh, about like, you know, good theology and, and, um, scholarship the importance of, of good scholarship oh, are these scholars christians and what are they are they liberals or the, the? and i'm like no dad like it doesn't matter like if you're a good scholar it doesn't matter if you're a christian or not a christian or if you're a liberal or you're not a liberal like if that comes through in your work um by definition you're a bad you're a bad scholar because you're you're letting your person like being a scientist if you're letting 
you know, your own, you know, opinions and ideas reflect into these things, then you're not really, you know, you might be good, but you're not going to be great. You know, you're not going to be a good theologian. You're not going to be a good, you know, teaching teacher of, of like biblical history and things like that. Like, you know, well, if you have a dog in the fight or you don't have a dog in the fight, you kind of have to keep some of that personality, personal stuff. That's why I don't like ap apologetics because apologetics is always by Christians trying to prove things because, you know, for them, it's got to be right, you know? Um, and so, uh, so we were talking about this stuff and then I said, you know, dad, this is insane. Like, you know, this is all a distraction. I want to talk to you about as my father. Like, I don't care that we don't agree on this stuff. You know, I don't care that like you've gone crazy Christian, right? You know, like this is, does not concern is not my main concern. My main concern is we have not been talking. I have two kids that are the light of my life and you're missing out. Like just retire and become a grandpa. And that's where the direction we really tried to take the thing in. And by the end, um, I told him I loved him. He told me he loved me, but there was no great, like I was like, basically I, I, I attended a psychoanalyst. I saw a psychoanalyst for about a year and a half. And uh, there were certain things I had to do to make this move to give up. And that was one of them. But I think we ended at the right time. And I think it prepared me for this, that phone call, like literally like a year and a half spent preparing for that conversation. And so it was a great conversation um, in a, in, in not in the way that like it, it was, oh, we finally talked, but I got to say what I needed to say. Um, but it was also hard because it wasn't a, it wasn't restoration. It, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to get in the car and we're going to hang out and we're going to have a talk, you know? Um, you know, he wasn't like, oh, am I going to get on an airplane and hang out with your kids? Not that that would be great either because it would be really uncomfortable, but at the same time, you just all of a sudden you go like, there's really no great answer to the solving of this problem. And I think that's one of the things we have to keep in mind. Like I always say that grace doesn't have an asterisk. But I think maybe arguing well or disagreeing well may have an asterisk on it, you know, and a, a few asterisks for us to like go down and, and, and realize like, oh, okay, there's just certain times where it's like the end is the end, you know, and, and um, you know, so for me, the end was I got to say how, how horribly hurt I was, how sad I was, um, I got to somewhat hear where he was coming from and what his thought process was, even though I did not understand it. But I also knew that he probably, I sounded like I was speaking from another planet. Um, it's strange, there were a few things that we agreed on, um, like about the media and stuff, uh, but he didn't understand my work. He didn't understand like the documentary. He didn't, you know, I mean, he finally started to understand and ask questions about it, but a lot of it, it was just too late. It was a whole lot that was too late. And so when you get that kind of closure, that's like, this is great, but a lot of it's kind of, it's too late. That's gone. You know, you know, I'm 47 years old, you know, I'm a man now and an old man almost. And I got these kids and, you know, it's not too late for the kids, but it seems like that's just not, 
in the wheelhouse there. Anyway, so arguing well, disagreeing well, and just like a hard conversation. Um, I, I, I would give myself a good grade on that one. And the reason why is, and why I'm talking about grades and stuff like this is just for the idea that I want you guys to think something, you know. Um, it was nice that he was able to call me. He called me out of the blue and I don't know what that happened. So that was really great. That was really fantastic. I just saw something come up, but um, I can't, I wish I could read them all at once. If someone knows how I can read all the comments, why I'm talking to you, that would be great. Please let me know. Uh, or, or Josh, let Josh or me know, because Josh, you know, and we'll get better at it, because I think this is one of the ones where I'd like to be able to see more of the comments when we're talking. Um, interaction would be a little bit great on this. Um, so anyhow, we, we had this conversation. It ended with the best, the best way it could, you know, um, but it, 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 it's one of those things that wouldn't make a real great ending to a movie. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a storybook ending. It's not a biblical ending uh, or anything like that. And it was sweet and sour. It was definitely contradiction. I'm so grateful to understand just a tiny bit of Hegel because there was so much contradiction around it because it was really painful afterwards because it brought up so much pain and so much hurt. And I was really glad I got to say these things, but all that stuff had to be like, kind of come to the surface. So I could almost like, it was almost like, you know, too much foam on a beer, you know? I had to, so all that pain kind of had to come back up to the surface, you know? And at the same time, it was like that. And then it was like dealing with that. And then it's time to move. And, and I called my analyst and I talked to my friends about it. And but man, it was a lot. It was a whole lot. Um, I took notes, and I should use these, shouldn't I? Um, I one time had, had a guy on Facebook say, you need to take notes, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I like how I give impersonations of things written. Like, that's how I heard it in my head. It might have been like, hey, man, you should think about taking notes. <laughs> but no, it's like, you need to take notes. Um, this is Gargamel. So I left the door open and dad came through the door. So what I'm saying is when you build boundaries and you leave that door open, that door may open and be ready for that door to open. You know what I mean? So if you're not ready for the door to open, I guess build one of the boundaries without the doors or have a lock on it or whatever, you know, but you need to think about it. Like, are you ready to have that conversation? I was, I mean, I had used words that would have gotten me like beaten as a child because I got hit with a belt and, and a switch when I was a kid. And that, oh my God, like even part of me, I'm like saying these things like seriously. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, I can't believe I'm saying, using this language to my dad, but I needed my dad to communicate with my dad. And then you would say, well, it's really cursing, arguing well. I think when it's a family member and it's personal and it's someone you care about and it's used to really emphasize something important, yes. Like if you're arguing well to your boss or to a colleague, maybe not. Um, but I'm glad we talked, you know, and honestly, like I look at Pat Robertson's death and I think about Pat Robertson and, and when Jerry Fowell died, I always think about these guys who like, I learned what not to be from, you know, and even with my dad, like I learned things about how to be a better dad. And there are things that were about him that were really cool that I I've taken and used as my kids. But now I really communicate with my kids all the time. 
I just all the time. Like we just, I, I, you know, when they get older, they'll probably rebel and be like, he just communicated with me too much. But we sit down and we talk about our feelings and we talk about what's going on. So like, that's what we have to get. We, we, you get the cards you're dealt and you got to play those cards the best you can. You know what I mean? And that's what arguing well and disagreeing well is, is learning how to play those cards and embrace the contradictions within those cards because that's how life is, man. Life is not, doesn't always make sense. And there's just going to be contradictions we have to live with. And so rather than just being like, well, I play Uno, but everybody else is playing poker, you're going to kind of screw up at life. That's why we talk about arguing well and disagreeing well. Like if you're just going to be like, I don't play that game. Because a lot of people are like, well, if you don't recognize this about me, then you're not, I'm not going to talk to you. Or if you don't, re you know, care about this about, like I'm being like, I could easily say like, if you're not going to care about my kids that I am not going to talk to you. And that's just it. And that would be fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the way I did it. Because to me, that's, there's no constructive thing there. There's going to be no change. There's no hope for anything. That's just, it's over, it's done. And, you know, there's a wall and, and that wall is impenetrable. And I just, that's not how I think things change. That's because from my studying from Dr. King, uh, Brother Cornel West, uh, Gandhi, uh, even Malcolm X, you know, uh, these are things that these are, you know, and, and now reading philosophy and even um, uh, Hegel saying, you know, when we argue, we recognize the other as human. These, these, are, these great thinkers have taught me, and Jesus and the Apostle Paul have taught me, like, to not, you know, that's, so that's what I, that's my thing. I'm not one of those people who just, like, screw it, because I'm like, I can't do a screw it, because I've got kids, and I don't want them to grow up in a screw it world, you know? Because, um, hell, I'll be dead and gone, you know, but they'll be here, and I want them to be able to, you know, not do with a screw it world. Because it's it's easy to say like well I don't like those people and I don't agree with those people but man when you sit down with those people like when I first started you know I had LGBTQ friends I had gay and lesbian friends growing up but when I really sat down with some of my other friends when I was a Christian and I wasn't sure it was a no brainer you know I, I studied the scripture because I was kind of legalistic in the beginning and stuff like that but honestly who cares what the scriptures say when you see what the humanity says that's kind of the cool thing about the Bible is for me is that I feel like it's like love never gives up, never loses faith, never demands its own way. So it's almost like this kind of like, so which, which adventure are you going to choose? Are you going to choose that God is love or are you going to choose that God is rules and regulations and, and a box that makes you comfortable? Interesting, right? Um, so, So being ready, therapy, psychoanalysis, things like that, important to have in your life. Being ready for these conversations. I don't think I would have been ready for this conversation that I had with my dad a year and a half ago. Um, so a lot of people will talk about being triggered or things like that and, and argue with me about like, there's neither male nor female, no Jew, no Gentile, no, how did you say that? You know, and they get really angry and there's no safe place. And, and for a lot of those folks, I'm like, hey, listen, there's nothing wrong. You're just in a different place right now. And so you just kind of got to, prepare for that. Like I love sitting in bars, but when I first got sober, uh, you know, the first couple of years, I wasn't going into bars. You know, I remember going to, uh, one of my best friends from high school got married and had a party bus and they were just hitting all these bars, bar, 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 bar. And I took my coin with me and I finally just said, Hey, listen, man, I'm going to sit on the bus. I know that sounds insane, but this is the one place where, where everybody's not drinking. 
and I'm just gonna like have a Diet Coke. I think I had a Red Bull and had a panic attack. Like I was like, oh, Red Bull, ooh, ooh. Red Bull and a cigar. Like, oh, I'm gonna have a panic attack and shit my pants. But I did that, you know? And now like, if you'd ask me where my favorite places to hang out are, are probably like dive bars. I like to hang out in dive bars. Um, moving here, I'll probably hopefully find some of those again. Uh, right now, I'll probably hang out in coffee shops. I lived in Linwood, kind of a, a, a projects area, kind of a poor neighborhood. And, you know, it was Taco Bell and McDonald's and the mall, uh, you know, and everything, you had to drive to everything in the grocery store. So I, did, I, I spent a kind of a couple of past years of not doing much of anything, um, but kind of working on myself. So that's been great. And now I'm released into the public again. Um, the unconscious is a weird thing. Um, I remember talking to my my uh, analyst saying, like, I feel like I'm in prison. He's like, well, that's interesting. Your father was in prison, and now you've almost imprisoned yourself. And you go like, oh, my God, the unconscious is insane. Um, read Freud. It's really interesting. You don't have to agree with everything um, like you do here at Revolution. <laughs> so then the third argument uh, argued, well, was... Uh, it was also uh, painful and hard to stay on on the stay the course. So the third one was is that I kind of took everything I just talked to you guys about, which I don't I'm like. You might want to turn off and listen later because this is a lot of shit to deal with and hear about um, a lot of sharing. Um, but and kind of put it on another person, another friend of mine, and then we kind of had an argument about this kind of thing about like just. I don't know. It was another argument. And it was another one that had history and personal stuff to it. And um, so I, I want to say again, like I'll say, put this again, because I always say this over and over again with my notes. Arguing well with a stranger for me is the easiest and probably the most needed. Like not cussing out a stranger or not telling a stranger because they're like, I remember when I was uh, on a trip somewhere and there was an airport and the guy was like, vote Trump, fuck your feelings, you know? And I was like, <gasps> and I wanted to like, oh, why would you wear that shirt? Why would you, you know, and I just yell and scream at this guy, you know? Um, why would you say F my feelings? You've hurt them now, <laughs> you know? Um, or this guy who was going the wrong way down the road the other day and he just, I lost my mind and I was supposed to be taking my kids to swimming and we yelled at each other and it was stupid and awful and a waste of time. Um, and so even in those situations, it's learning how to kind of be patient, argue well, and also looking at like sometimes that this too shall pass. But when you're arguing with someone you care about and you've been your friend or your, your family member, you know, or even an acquaintance for a long time, you know, you've got, you've got all this, like, hey, you got, let's argue, got my baggage here, I have all my, I have a truck full of shit right here, my boxes, I'm not just moving here, I'm moving to this argument, and I have it all with me, <laughs> are you ready? And I did, I pulled out stuff from, like, every bit of hi our history, because <laughs> um, I was hurt, you know, and they were hurt, and they were upset, and I was upset, and, and um, so, you know, but like I said, arguing with strangers, I think, is so vitally important because we do recognize each other's humanity. And then maybe one day we'll have the adventure of arguing with them deeply about things. But but it, so we can actually talk about the great divide, like, you know, arguing well with strangers and, and people of other politics and other faiths and other ideas or not faith or whatever you want to say is important because there's this divide that the media continues to 
put in there, you know, and that, you know, all these big companies and corporations that don't give a shit about anything except like a few people being really wealthy, um, don't care about. And by keeping us divided, they make, they stay successful, you know, they keep us buying the, you know, the other side sucks t-shirts and whatever, you know, and voting certain ways and thinking certain ways and scapegoating one another. And it just, we're all toxic, you know, oh, those people are toxic, but guess what? They think you're toxic. Maybe they don't use that word. Maybe they think you're a snowflake because in that in their mind, that's toxic. So they're going, well, you're a freaking snowflake. You can't even blah, 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 you know? So we're both sitting there thinking that we're just right and awesome and just completely dividing the country and making it worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. It's so much worse than it was 20 years ago. So... Um, yeah, it's funny because someone just wrote, hey, the Lord is on your side, he really is. And that's great to think about, but then you're thinking, well, then the devil must be on their side. What I think is, is that, the, you know, God is love, and so there's love there, and love is God's love and the side of love, and so bringing together and having the conversation, love is present. You see what I'm saying? That's where it is. It's, it's not about this side or that side, that politician or that, you know. Those are can be great distractions, and a great example of that is my father. The argument with my father is he kept bringing up theology and religion and then politics. And I'm going, none of these matter in this situation as father and son. You know, those are all great distractions. You know, we need to be over here. Dad, kids, blood, you know, uh, those are the issues we need to be talking about. Um, and so with my other friend, this last argument, who is a very close friend, um, no guessing, um, and also really taught one of the people who taught me about arguing, really encouraged me to teach more about arguing well, um. um But we did it, but it took time. It took a lot of conversations. It took a lot of texting. It took a lot of blowing off steam. It took a lot of uh, hurt. It took a lot of frustration. Um, it, it, it literally took us, like everybody talks about deconstructing and they always get it wrong, but it really did take us dissecting different things that we were disagreeing about and finding a conclusion and finding a source of the disagreement. Like it, the disagreement was so, I was like, it seemed like it was this, but then we realized the source was actually over here. Now they were related, but they weren't the, but the same thing. And that made a huge difference. Um, like there was some misguided hurt and pain. And then, so then some really well-guided hurt and pain came out from the misguidedness, which was like, obviously those things needed to talk, be talked about. So even arguing with something that might be somewhat misguided, helped us to put some other things on the table that probably did us well by talking about. Um, and I say this because humanity can be so frustrating and so gross, even when you love the other people. Like it can just, you know, <laughs> like you, you, you get your closest friends or your lovers or your, you know, whatever. And when you're disagreeing and you're, so, you're just so like, oh, how are they so gross? How oh, why are they so different than me? And why am I so right? You know, 
And that's just kind of gets into human nature and you have to go like, hey, it's probably a feeling that's very mutual. And, and think about this stuff. And now this is all this stuff that I'm saying that just seems like redundant and blah, 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 is things that when you get into your next argument with a family member or someone you love or a stranger or things, are hopefully things that will just pass through your mind for 10 seconds and maybe help you direct your tongue a little bit. Like maybe you're gonna go left instead of right or right instead of left, you know what I mean? Or up instead of down, you know, you're just thinking like, you know, just help you motivate us to, to communicate with each other. And who knows, it might be one of us. It might be me that you're gonna argue with next. You know, I don't know, but like it helps us just to be better human beings. Cause right now it seems like that's, that's kind of what we need as a prescription is how do we grow as better human beings? How do we understand each other what better so we can grow this world and make this planet safer and make this world safer from a lot of really horrible things that seem to be overwhelming us that we really need to talk about if we're going to change. And even at this point, I think there's things that we can, we can come together and compromise over that would make the world better. You know, like, so, hey, like if we're gonna, if we're at least we're gonna compromise, like how are we gonna do this? And what's a good way to, it starts with conversation. It starts with the disagreements and then finding your way to the, 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 where the disagreement is rooted in, what's it rooted in, and then maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's coming from somewhere else and you're able to solve the issue completely. And that's the importance of arguing well. But a lot of ugliness, a lot of hurt, and a lot of pain come out of that. So, you know, it, I, I feel like arguing well is like one of those, it's like it should almost, like if you're an artist, you could do this. Um, you could put argue well and then like put it in glass and then like break in case of disagreement or brace in case of emergency or break in case of, you know, whatever, um, political disagreements, argue well. <laughs> we gotta argue well. Cause it's not, it's just, you know, it's not gonna feel great. It doesn't feel great. Like hopefully at the end, it feels a lot better, but it's gonna take some time. You know, it's, you know, we're gonna argue well, and then there's a lot of things are gonna be said that we're gonna like, I'll never forget that. And you may never forget it, but it's gonna lighten up, it's gonna numb, and there's gonna be more better memories for some of it. And then you have situations with like my father that that might just be the end, but I'll know I spoke my piece to my dad and I'll know at least where he was at and I'll be able to have peace with that. So you see there's different ways of and different people and different situations that, that life, uh, uh, that life leads us to. And so we have to argue, learn to, to disagree well and show as much grace as we can. I, do I feel like I was showing super grace to my dad? I felt like I was doing like, college level grace in some ways because I was really having to say everything I needed to say. I had to give myself grace. And I also only knew that this was the, you know, he had to step up and be a dad. And so I had to have, give, give him the grace to be my father at that moment. Um, so my, my advice is hold on for dear life. That is my advice. Hold on for dear life. Um, because it can get personal and painful. And I'll tell you what helps. And it comes back, this is the, the family hour, right? Is, is what really helps is knowing who you are, you know? Um, and, and knowing, being comfortable in your own skin 
and being comfortable and being told like, you know, one example was is like, well, you're, it, this wasn't even directly said, it was just kind of suggested is that everything you, you, every, you see everything negatively, you know, and going like, that's okay, because that's kind of who I am. You know, I'll think about that. But knowing like, okay, this is who I am. And this is how it's received with some people, but it, you know, but this is a part of me. And so I'm going to be okay with that. You know, like that's a reality, you know, knowing who you are helps immensely. Um, and I think that's what was why I always talk about the importance of my mom's book. I gotta be me is being who you are in the midst of that. Now being who you are, doesn't mean you have, you're a dick and that you have to demand your own way and that you have to belittle somebody and that you don't move or you don't shake or you don't make you know, you don't listen and you're not willing to change, you know, this is who I am and I'm not changing. So go to hell. You know, it's not that it's just knowing who you are and, and where you're able to shift and shape and move that, you know, and, and see how it's effect on one person. And so, you know, you might be like, well, this, I'm comfortable this way, but then you might be like, well, how does it affect this relationship? Oh, you know, I've noticed this and I wonder if that's it, you know? So it's just saying like, I'm open to learning and growing for the short time I'm here on this planet. Um, so knowing who you are helps immensely. And really the rest is, 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 is the negotiation, you know, and, and, and not knowing, we don't know if it's going to end well or not. You know, we might be having to do this as a generational thing, but it's, you know, know who you are and, and being open to negotiation and, and having the tough conversations. And, um, it does require, deeply caring about people and people who might even, you know, and sometimes it's, that's not going to be replicated. You're not going to feel that bad, you know, and that's, that's the tough part. So literally this is all about the really hard parts of communicating. Like I didn't get back like what I, you know, like the magical thing I wanted back from my dad was it wasn't like all of a sudden we were standing at Disneyland and I'm holding a balloon and he's buying me an ice cream or giving me a hug or telling me I'm good enough or that I worked really hard to get where I'm at, you know, and that I'm not lazy. You know, those things just, they're not going to come. I have to learn to do work on those on my own and see why those things have affected me the way they have. Um, so there was, there, there is no magic where there was no magic bullet, you know, there are miracles once a life, twice a lifetime maybe, but that wasn't there. Um, but it also allowed me to, you know, talk to him about my mom and just say, you know, God, I wish she was here, you know? So that was really interesting. Um, it's interesting to see where these places take us. Um, I'm, I feel like, you know, I'm really fresh from all this stuff and I'm really fresh from a move that, you know, I tried to pinch every penny. So I did myself and my backs just, really mad at me and angry and I'm exhausted and I'm really surprised I haven't cried during this talk because I'm so freaking tired and so exhausted and everything's in boxes. Um, but I'm kind of really happy that I finished the, um, the move, even though I accidentally threw the keys into the dumpster at 1130 at night covered in slippery dish soap. So they're probably at the very bottom of that and I'll probably get some ridiculous key loss fee <laughs> that apartments like to give you to make sure you're not just, you know, giving keys out to everybody in the world. I don't know. Um, but that's the word for today. Hey, listen, um, if you want to support revolution and what we're doing, oh, there's some other stuff that came up too this week. Like we had to deal with, I had to talk. Yeah. It's a long story. 
but the work of this revolution can use too. Or you got it. We're doing a lot of stuff with revolution, and um, <clears throat> trying to figure out where 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 we're le going business wise and all this stuff. And you know, anyhow. But you can support Revolution by going to revolutionchurch.com and, and going to the PayPal one because we have been working months and months to get the Venmo one up. And Venmo, I don't know what's wrong with this company. We have jumped through every hoop they've asked us. I literally have hired people who work for us, who do all of our books and stuff to make sure everything's above the board. You know, I've actually moved a lot of that over to them to get it figured out. And we still have not got it figured out. So we've literally put finances into it because so many of you have asked us about Venmo because you're like, oh, I want to donate, but I don't like PayPal. Um, and I don't want to write a check or whatever, you know. So, I, and right now the address has changed anyway. So, um, and when you send a check, it's literally me going to the Revolution Bank and putting the check in, which is fine. Well, anything's fine, but it, PayPal is all we have right now because it's been so frustrating to get Venmo to work. So that's my long explanation of why we can't accept Venmo right now. Um, but if you're willing to sacrifice and, and go to PayPal, even though you think it's the devil or that it's for people who are from Generation X, that would really help, really help us. Um, there, there, see, someone just recommended Zilla, 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 Zilla. So we'll, we'll, we'll also try that. Um, it's really honestly still revolution is just me and Josh. But now that I'm closer and that there's a train that goes down to Seattle, maybe I can take the train. Maybe we'll meet some more people and get some more volunteers to help us uh, get better ways for you guys to help support us. Um, you know, it, that's probably not the best place, you know, to be behind on is financial support. But also, you know, my parents were known for raising money and I don't want to like raising money for me has always been something I'm not. I mean, look how I'm far, moving farther away across the camera as I talk about it. But we do need your support to continue on and to make this happen and to be able to even get the things to help us take support and to continue to make this doc better or doc this show better. Uh, and this weekly podcast better and do more podcasts and do more talks and do more with the YouTube and uh, all that stuff. It's not a lot, you know, we don't have a huge budget, but it seems to be hard to reach. So um, we really do need your support. So I would ask you like if, 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 if getting on PayPal is something you could do for us, that would be great. Um, and if you just say, Hey, I don't even have money to go on and do a PayPal, then I would say, Hey, retweeting, sharing us on your Instagram stories when the talks come up, putting links up to the talks really, really help as well. Um, even if you like know how to take a clip from a talk and put it up somewhere and put a link towards it, that's the kind of stuff really, really helps, believe it or not. Um, sharing it on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram um, and all your social media places, that also really, really helps. Downloading, leaving positive reviews, um, making sure that you follow us on YouTube and that you have a notice on and that you give thumbs up to all of the talks and things like that. All those little things also really help well to bring in more people so we can kind of stay fresh and do what we're doing and um, continue. I can continue to study and read and, 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 and talk to people so we can get better at what we do. You know, it's weird because it's like being a, being a gathering, not just like, you know, and, and having a church be part of that, it's kind of leading us into new directions. And so it's kind of like, you know, where are we going and uh, figuring that out and, and, you know, anyhow.
Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. I'm, I'm puttering out. I'm exhausted. Thank you for your support, folks. Um, I will hopefully be seeing you next week at Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here in Seattle. If not, you're going to have somebody else who's really awesome. And we have got some great guest speakers, hopefully in July. Um, and, and I think they might both be interviews. I don't know. I think they might both end up being interviews uh, with me, me and them together. Uh, at least one in July and, and uh, July and maybe the other one in September. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, some really brilliant, smart thinkers uh, to be involved in, in this work and what we're doing. So thanks a lot, folks. Thanks for being a part of this thing. A lot of you have been around for almost 30 years. That just blows my mind. Lots of love. Grace to you all. See you later. Uh, have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.